Part three of the Dialogue of Thomas and Mary, rendered into simple English from the vernacular of John Collier, by Elijah Ridings. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Footnotes to the text. Page 497. For I have been to John's of Henry's of tall John's to borrow their thibble. Footnote 1. A round smooth piece of wood to stir any pottage of meal or flour. North Country. To stir fermenty with. Footnote 2. Fermenty. North Country. Frumonté, French. Frumentum, Latin. Frumenty, English. The Dale astound him for a brindled cur. Footnote 3. A small dog streaked or spotted with various colours. Brindled, Milton. Thrice the brindled cat hath mewed. Shakespeare. Page 498. It was but the day before yesterday. Our lads might have a bit of a holiday. Footnote 1. Holy Day. Because it was the circumcision of Our Lady. Footnote 2. January 2nd. Yet we must do some sundry trifling jobs. Footnote 3. Odds and Eans. Text. And I must either spread molehills or go to Rochdale with a cow and a y-calf. Footnote 4. She-calf. For my mistress is gone from home, and she will not come again till bagging time. Footnote 5. Bagging time. A lunch in the afternoon from carrying in a bag, bread and cheese, and ale in a bottle, to labourers in the fields. Page 499 Sflesh! If it had been killed greedily, it would have made as good veal as ever died of a thwittle. Footnote 1. Greedily. Gradually. Properly. For Dickie Wills, a John's, a Sam's, told me that he buried a child t'other day at Rochdale, and that he paid Joe Green a groat for a grave no bigger than a fivepenny trunk. Footnote 2. This is Joseph Green, Sexton, of whom several anecdotes are still in the memory of the oldest inhabitant. Collier wrote his epitaph, from which it would appear that he drove a gainful trade as Sexton of the parish church of Rochdale. But the dale of thwittle was there to be found. Footnote 3. The knife that is, a particular sharp knife, always used for cutting hard substances. See Chaucer. Page 500 Now, my mind misgives me that you were going half an errand. Footnote 1. Misgivings are suspicions. God's woe, Mary, thou guessest within two tumbles of a louse, for it was long and longer before he would. Footnote 2. The peculiar idiomatic strength and simplicity of this dialogue, as well as the many still existing forms of speech amongst the rural population of Lancashire, often remind the genuine reader of some of those beautiful traits for which the poetical writers of the Elizabethan age are remarkable. Alack a day! Footnote 3. Alas, the day! I had not gone back again above a mile or so, 
before I saw a crowd of lads and youngsters as busy as Thrapp's wife. Footnote 4. As throng as Thrapp's wife is still an often repeated simile. It is a taunt in reality upon those who give themselves too much trouble or seem to be overpowered with their work. Hence the sarcasm, as throng as Thrapp's wife when she hanged herself in the dish clout. When that I got to them, I could not see what they were after. Footnote 5. This is merely a verbal rendering, as the syntax or construction of this dialogue is generally, saving its vernacular form, most minutely grammatical. It is observable also in the rural districts that there is a greater variety in the forms of speech than there is in large towns, and as to the vowel sounds, you may hear them in all their open nature and fullness. Page 501 And Nabs ith Midgelane had his knuckles wrapped in his leather apron. Footnote 1. Hallanabs. Collier is always happy in the choice of his names. They seem to express the character and give a due note of preparation to the true reader. Hallanabs. What a name for a reckless young fellow. Mary might well exclaim, Oh, wrong joint. Hang him. One night last shearing time, when Johns of Henry's got their churn, footnote two, got their churn, a churn getting is a harvest home on a small scale. Page 502. All the rest must be powlerers, footnote one, powlerers, that is, searchers, making a great noise. Why now? I'll be far if I would not as lief have seen it than a puppet show. Footnote 2. I'll be far. An asseveration which softens some ruder mode of speech. Then they all began of hallooing and whooping like Hagomad. Footnote 3. Whooping, as if you were calling loud to horses. Like Hagomad. Footnote 4. Crying or shouting mad. It was nothing in the world but arrant old lant that they had made worse with loosing something into it. Footnote 5. Lee, urine. Page 503. Any evil befall them. Footnote 1. This is a literal rendering of the text. Wounds, Mary. If I'd had fire, I should have set the whole barn in a holy blaze. Footnote 2. Halliblash. Holy blaze. I.e., he would have made a sacrifice of it, and from the imperfection of his reasoning, he might consider himself justified. Many a Halliblash has been created on much weaker grounds. Page 504. Yes, through Nip, and I wish her neck had been broken in nine spots. When she was whelped, for anything I care for her. Footnote 1. Spot. Place. Spots. Places. I would have given thee twenty shillings for her, as I see she is a right staunch bandyhewit. Footnote 2. Staunch. Solid, good and sound. Standen. Saxon. Stanchness. English. That is, fierceness, substantialness. Footnote 3. Bandy Hewitt. 
a name given to a dog in order to send its master on a fool's errand. Page 505 For I heard Richard a Jacks of Samuels tell my master that the she-justices always did most of the work. Footnote 1 The lady of the magistrate in Collier's time, as a matter of course, would come more in contact with the people which might obtain her this vernacular sobriquet. Page 507 When I was about half over, my shoe slipped, and down fell I, arsey versy. Footnote 1. A mock imitation of those who interlard their conversation with Latin phrases. Nip I allowed to defend herself, and I flaskered in it. Footnote 2. Flasker to struggle in the water. This had like to have beat all the other, and yet you came farrantly off. Footnote 3. Farrantly off. Text. That is, pretty well off, or clearly, or fairly off. But thou mayst be sure I was primely buoyant. Footnote 4. Buoyant. Rinsed. Anglo-Saxon. Beside, I had no comb to chem me air. Footnote 5. Chem. Text. To comb. Kempt. Combed. Trimmed. Comptus. Latin. Page 508. I doubt that it were quite mara. Footnote 1. Mara. The at at the end is agreeable to an old mode of terminating words, both in conversation and in songs and ballads. Mar to spoil, an old word. Do not touch it, I'm afraid you'll mar it. Shakespeare. For by my troth, I was nearly off at side. Footnote 2. Nearly lost his senses. Page 509. Why, said he, I am John's a-lols, a-simmies, a-marians, a-dicks, a-nathans, a-lals, a-simmies, holmes and I'm going home. Footnote 1. This rustic heraldry reminds me of names in higher circles. Who has not seen in certain books the name of William Richard Arthur Tilney Longpole Wellesley? Page 510 It's about a mile and you must keep straight forward on your left hand and you may happen do. Footnote 1 The brevity and simplicity here remind me of a passage in the life of Dr. Johnson. In his last moments, a female attendant was adjusting his pillow, making it easier for him, and said to the doctor, Will it do? Dr. J answered, characteristic of his brightest days, It will do as much as a pillow can do. A sort of withered mesalt face man. Footnote 2. Mesalt face, a red pimpled face. An unlucky carrion gave it a slap. Footnote 3. Carrion. A word of contempt. And there it lay like a horse collar. Footnote 4. Hornbark. Text. Page 511. Mesalt face, hearing something about woo up, started on his feet, grumbled none, but grinned like a fumat dog. Footnote 1. A dog to hunt the pole-cat and the otter. And what a hob-thrust he looked with all the balm about him. Footnote 2. Hob-thrust, a wood-goblin. Footnote 3. 
balm, yeast. But neither of them worried nor thrapped. Footnote 4. Thrapped. Threep. Two may discourse, but if a third interfere, the conversation may turn to a quarrel. When no longer retaining their seats, there will be a three-up, or three-up, or three and then the landlady came in and would make them pay for the lumber they had done her footnote five mischief damage page five hundred and twelve i stole nip now and then a luncheon but tum took care of all the other stoup and rout footnote one stoup and rout quote get me to yawns and fetch me a stoop of liquor hamlet ah surely you'll be a pint stoop burns stump and rump everything thomas means that he finished both meat and drink covert and overt is near in meaning to stoop and rope because a rope is open and exposed a stoop is confined well done thomas you had not sure a re supper footnote two a re supper a second supper page 513 for she was no daggletail i will be bound but as neat a lass as sarah richards every bit footnote one a word of contempt for a dirty woman particularly of one who cannot keep herself tidy about the feet and the lower part of her apparel i thought i'll know how my shot stands before i'll order my breakfast footnote two shot score what is set down with chalk or pen in a public house page five hundred and fourteen i shall not have one bodle to spare of my hide silver footnote one bodle a half farthing what do you mean man you shall not put yorkshire on me footnote two this is a reflection upon the county of york or rather upon yorkshiremen generally it invariably means to impose on people or to act with a low cunning dishonesty so i gave them to her and still this broadling fussock looked as foul as thunder footnote three i retain this very expressive epithet which is generally applied with a degree of indignation to a gross fat selfish and worthless woman page five hundred and fifteen I gave a glance into the shippen, footnote one, a cowhouse, and saw a man standing in the group, footnote two, group, the channel of a shippen. Now, Mary, I was ready to cruttle down, footnote three, cruttle, a shrinking of the whole body downwards when it falls without being extended, cruttled or a rook, of a heap a most expressive vernacularism crinkle danish then said he there's an old cratchinly gentleman that lives at yon house among yon trees just and enters footnote four cratchinly weak feeble infirm footnote five anent opposite over against old english page five hundred and sixteen I bought two ounces of pepper when I bought my salt, and though it was thodden as a thar cake, I'd rubber with it. Footnote one, thodden, applied to bread as if it were unleavened. 
when there has been a failure in consequence of the balm not working, close and compact. North Country. Footnote 2. Tharcake, hearth cake anciently, was baked on the hearth near the fire, which without a grate would be sufficiently hot. It is made of oatmeal, unleavened and mixed with butter and treacle. Odd, but that was a mighty wise old fellow, Tutor. Footnote 3. Tutor. This word often occurs in the original, and is used to denote excellence. Page 517. And I find, as plain as a pikestaff, by a Lenach ears, that she is right bred. Footnote 1. Lenach smooth lithe and extended the comprehensive meaning of several words still in use in the rural districts baffles the skill of the etymologist and for the explanation of which a mere antiquarian is at a loss and often stumbles on obsolete and too remote verbalisms but i will swap with thee if thou wilt footnote two swap exchange it would be as plain as Blackstone Edge that they were making an arrant gawby of me. Footnote 3. An arrant gawby. An half idiot. So I went to Rochdale and spurred this man out. Footnote 4. Spur. To enquire of places and persons. Page 519. Why, you would be as gaunt as a ground and nearly famished. Footnote 1. Greyhound. And I had two or three water tombs. Footnote 2. Water tombs. Water qualms or water brash coming into the mouth, generally in cases of debility or indigestion. As melancholy as a Methodist who fancies himself pregnant with the devil. Footnote 3. In pig we out Harry. Text. A powerful sarcasm of Collier's, aimed at the early Methodists. Page 520. This is my horse, and I will have it too if old Nick stand not in the gap. Footnote 1. Gap. A passage through a thorn hedge, made by straying cattle, or by reckless trespassers. Page 521. For go you both must and shall, either by hook or crook. Footnote 1. By hook or by crook, right or wrong, rough or smooth, taking the opposites. More timidly, but hypocritically said, get it honestly if you can, but get it. Page 522. Truth and honesty going hand in hand together, hold each other's backs primely, and stand as stiff as a gablock. Footnote 1. Gablock or gavelock. Is an iron instrument something like a crowbar, but straight and may be used for various purposes. It has a point and can be driven into the ground or beneath anything. The reader will admire Collier's power of expression here. It would be almost profanation to presume to fettle this glorious passage. I was as senseless as a goose and began a trembling as if I had stolen a whole string of horses. Footnote two. A draft of horses. Draft in military affairs means a detachment of soldiers. Drait, D-R-E-I-G-H-T, is the text. Page 523. Here the justice said a nominee, and told him he must take care of what he said. 
or he might easily be forsworn. Footnote 1. Nominee. Formal words spoken with gravity, many of which are not understood by the common people. Page 524. Primely spoken, ye faith, Thomas. You completely beat Rynot in telling this tale, think I. Footnote 1. He beats Rynot, and Rynot beat the devil. An old saying. And was forced to harbour all last night in a barn where boggarts swarm. Footnote 2. Swarm. To cluster, to abound. Swarmian, Saxon. Schwarman, Teutonic. Page 526. But yet, Mary, I think in my conscience that there are mice nests among some of them, as well as among other folk. Footnote 1. Mice nests are figuratively mean, dishonest actions. Venth patril came, and whether it lamed the child that was in the cradle, I know not. Footnote 2. An implement used by a laundress to beat linen with. Page 527. For I left it roaring and belling. Footnote 1. Roaring. To roar is to cry or weep aloud. Sit thee down and roar, for thou hast killed the sweetest innocent that e'er did lift up eye. Othello. Footnote 2. Belling. Making a great noise. However, as Thorses must be out very yarly. Footnote 3. Yarly is not an unpleasant mode of pronouncing early. Page 528 I've stolen some water porridge and some thrutchins. Footnote 1. The last pressed way in making cheese. This was a nice trick of the size of it, was it not? Footnote 2. Trick. Used for feet, slight accident, mean action, etc. I was so keen-bitten, I made no balks at a hayseed. Footnote 3. Balk. To frustrate, to disappoint, to be stopped. Properly from balk or beam of timber, which impedes the way. Why valicari, an Italian word, should be given as the etymon, I must confess my ignorance. So while I was busy filling me belly. Footnote 4. Cajimi wem. Text that is, filling my bag. Uh, page 529. That's so yearnful. Footnote 1. Extremely anxious. Page 530. I could not tell whether I was in a slum or awake. Footnote 1. Slumber. I crept under a wall and stood like a gormbling. Footnote 2. Stood like a fool. Why, he lifted up his hands, and he blessed, and he prayed, and he made such a marlux. Footnote 3. Marlux. Antics. Ridiculous gestures. Page 531. It signifies nothing, for whether you stuck on or fell off, I find that old Nick was the cult that lies around. Footnote 1. Around. Out of doors. If this was not a boggart, I think there never was any, if they had been fairly sifted into. Footnote 2. A most judicious hint of Collier's, that he was perfectly sane on this subject, 
and was not likely to be a superstitious man at all events notwithstanding any uncharitable insinuation that he was in any manner tainted with insanity his descendants some of them at least were unfortunate in this respect but it should be recollected that the brother of martin the magnificent and sublime artist set fire to york minster in a paroxysm of mania there is however the reflection of our great satirist on record great wits to madness nearly are allied and thin partitions do their bounds divide dryden page five hundred and thirty two but hark you did you find your sark footnote one sark shirt i think to be an ostler for i can mexen kem and fettle horses as well as any one of them footnote two mexen to clean a stable eh hey, lord what a cank we have had footnote three cank conversation for thou art not such a foul ween neither footnote four ween a slut i guess what thou meanest for thou art glancing at that flopper-mouthed gobslotch bill o' old catties footnote five a most powerful phrase for a noisy slovenly fellow because that folk say sarah hankers after him footnote six hankers extremely desirous page five hundred and thirty three eh mary thou little knows how it thrusts against my plucks footnote one this is a strong expression for inward confusion of body which grief and other extreme passions of the mind invariably cause the dickens take thee mary footnote two dickon a wizard page five hundred and thirty four bath mass will i mary from the bottom of my heart footnote one the genius of collier is admirably manifested in the conclusion of this serio-comic masterpiece end of the dialogue of thomas and mary rendered into simple english from the vernacular of john collier by elijah ridings